This is my friend's place in WGOT LP Gainesville 100.1 FM. Uh, hello? <laughs> I'd like to order a butt. What? Um, would you like some fries with that? Uh, like, is this thing on? Cool. Whoa. That sounds cool. Hey, Beavis, is that you? Butthead! Butthead, where are you? I'm in the drive-thru, dumbass. Get out here, this thing makes you sound really weird. Really? Cool. Okay, I'll be right with you. Thank you, drive-thru. Ow! This is gonna be cool. What the hell's he doing here?
there was peace unknown I said I'd to get you with a fine tooth comb I was soft inside There was something going on Oh, 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 oh,
From 1985, that's Paul Young, Every Time You Go Away. One of the few songs of the 80s that I've heard over and over, but still really actually like that one quite a bit. And it is sad Paul Young news uh, leading off my friend's place this week, because in this day in music history, back in uh, July 15th, way back in 2000, which now starting to seem really way back, 21 years ago, uh, Paul Young, who also sang on the Mike Mechanics hit All I Need is a Miracle, died at a heart attack at a very young age of 53. So um, kind of a sad start to uh, which normally a fun show. But anyway, we'll get into some more this day and music history for July 15th. But um, let me tell you about what you've heard thus far on a rather mellow warm-up mix here for my friend's place on WGOTLP Gainesville for the most part. Uh, leading things off, though, didn't didn't start off super mellow. Started off a little bit disco. New disco, actually, from Duran Jones and the Indications, The Way That I Do. After that, you had Curtis Harding, I Won't Let You Down. Then it was Jonas Policewoman teaming up with Tony Allen and Dave Akumo, Take Me to Your Leader. Definitely a 70s vibe happening on that one. Uh, kept that 70 vi- 70s vibe going. And the next one, Villagers, So Sympathetic. Sympatico, Sympatico, there it is, so Sympatico. And then after that, a cover of one of my favorite 80s songs by a uh, one of my favorite performers now in the 2020s, I suppose. It's Alex Cameron, along with Roan Yellowthorn, covering the great Bee Gees written, uh, but mostly known for Kenny Rogers and uh, Dolly Parton performing Islands in the Stream. And that gets you caught up to everything you heard today here on My Friend's Place. Uh, as always, thank you for tuning in, whether you're listening live on Thursdays to one of the two replays, or maybe you've downloaded it uh, from Cramble Mix Show and you're listening to it as a podcast. Anyway, uh, you do it. We appreciate it. Um, helps station out and makes it worth continuing to put uh, effort and time into producing and um uh, actually recording the show so thanks everyone uh so we just mentioned a second ago in 2000 on july 15th paul young passed away a heart attack heart attack at the very young age of 53 so let's get to some more uh more positive news at least in the beginning let's go back to 1986 run dmc big day in their history as raising hell their album becomes the first rap album that is certified platinum. So big news for Run DMC on this date. Uh, then uh, just a couple of years ago, this one's kind of a oh, <laughs> quirky fun story, I suppose, because uh, it's, well, I'll just read it. 2016, and what they famously describe as a conscious uncoupling. So that might ring a bell or it might not. So the conscious un- uncoupling was Chris Martin of Coldplay and Gwyneth Paltrow. They officially divorced after 13 years of marriage and uh, conscious of coupling part of pop culture um, lingo, I guess, for the rest of time. Uh, he hasn't done a whole lot with Coldplay. They've kind of been on pause for a while, but Gwyneth Paltrow struck it rich with that goop um, company that she kind of fronts. So uh, that happened on July 15, 2016. Ah, then some really uh, silly news 2012, July 15th, Gangnam Style video is first posted to YouTube, and uh, the rest is history. Uh, then after that, we got a couple birthdays. Uh, first up, Linda Ronstadt. Yeah. Uh, as an adult, I've come to really appreciate um, how great a musician and singer she was. As a kid, she was always like that artist we made fun of, but uh, she's actually pretty great. Uh, she was born on July 15, 1946. And then uh, kind of another sad one. So we started sad with Paul Young's heart attack. We're going to end kind of sad, but uh, in a happy way, if that makes any sense. Ian Curtis. Now, you may or may not recognize that name, but if you uh, 
grew up with in the 90s or the 80s and you listen to alternative or goth music, you know for certain that Ian Curtis was the lead singer of Joy Division um, before he committed suicide. But he, he didn't commit suicide on this day. This is actually Ian Curtis's birthday. He was born on July 15, 1956. So I believe that would make him 65 years um, if he were still alive today. So to celebrate his birthday, we'll play one of the all-time great alternative songs. It's a Joy Division level tear us apart.
There's some Smiths for you here on My Friend's Place. I believe it originally appeared on Stranger Than Bombs around uh, 1985, but I played it today because it currently is featured on the We Are Who We Are soundtrack, which I'll be reviewing just a second in just a second here on the movie and TV reviews. But before we do so, let's go over what you heard in that last half hour or so of new music. Uh, leading things off, I mentioned uh, on this day in history, July 15th, 1956, Ian Curtis was born, who would later become the lead singer of Joy Division. Of course, after his uh, suicide, they would go on to become New Order. So, uh, big day in Joy Division uh, news, and actually New Order news, if you think about it. Then after that, you had Steph Chur with Good Time. It's an Esther Rose cover. Uh, then one from Eamon Dunes, teaming up with Sleaford Mods, Feel Nothing. Um, that's got a very underworld feeling to that song. So, yeah, really digging that. Uh, then one from Waves called Caviar. After that, you had Goon Sacks with Desire, one of my favorite band names of 2021, Goon Sacks. Uh, then you heard Y Oak with Electricity. And that gets caught up to everything you heard today here on My Friend's Place. So, uh, as I just mentioned, let's do a little bit of television and movie reviews. And uh, we'll do one movie, one TV series. So, uh, movie-wise, did get to see Black Widow, uh, which is a Marvel movie. Uh, truth be, I am not the hugest Marvel fan. I, I like some of the movies. I think the last one that I really, really liked and went to the movie theater to see was Thor Ragnarok. So I've never seen any of the Avengers movies. So there's my caveat before I review a Marvel movie. But I, I kind of like this one. It was more of an action movie than your typical Marvel movie with lots and lots of superheroes with superpowers uh, and supervillains with big superpowers. Basically, it's kind of a straightforward action movie because Black Widow, um, to the best of my knowledge, does not have any superpowers other than being uh, really trained well um, by Russia. So I, I kind of enjoyed that aspect. It was a lot of hand-to-hand -hand combat, not a lot of lasers and laser swords and things like that. So I really enjoyed um, that aspect. Also, you had David Harbour uh, kind of stealing the show, playing the rival, I guess, of Captain America, who would be called the Red Avenger, as Russia supposedly also developed their own, like, super soldier uh, serum. His performance was really good. It had Florence Pugh who I will always have a special place in my heart for her role in Midsummer, uh, still a top 10 or 20 all-time movie for me. So uh, she plays uh, Scarlett Johansson, well, quote-unquote sister. Don't want to give too much uh, about the plot away, but uh, they basically are partners, for lack of a better word, in this adventure. And, um, yeah, it's pretty good. Not as much CGI as a lot of the other Marvel things, so that was definitely a plus for me. However... And about the last 20 minutes, I'm not giving away any spoilers here, but uh, there's just an all-out, like, CGI, you know, fight fest, and my mind definitely started to wander the last uh, 20 minutes or so of the movie, so some people really like that kind of stuff, but for me, it's just, like, ah, kind of shut down, but overall, positive review for Black Widow. Then, the other thing I want to talk about today, movie and TV-wise, is an older television uh, show by older, I think maybe a year old, uh, on HBO. It's called uh, We Are Who We Are, which you just heard the Smiths, uh, The Night Has Opened My Eyes song from. So right away, I know if a TV show has a great soundtrack or a movie has a great soundtrack, um, that it's probably going to be pretty good. I think that matches up almost 100% of the time. And We Are Who We Are has an incredible soundtrack. Um, I think it's eight episodes on HBO, and there's probably about eight songs per episode, so 
lots and lots of good music on it. And The Smiths was just one of many good songs. I could have played a lot of different things off of that soundtrack. But um, as far as the show goes, it tells a story um, of a young teenager played by Jack Dylan Grazer, who's going to really probably have a huge year. Uh, his name is Fraser on the show, and his mom has moved him to uh, Italy. She's in charge of, a, I think, an Air Force base there, uh, an Italian, an Italian in Italy. And she is actually played by Chloe Svigny, who's done a lot of different roles, and she's really excellent in this one as well. I'm sure I mispronounced her name, but uh, anyway... Um, so it's kind of a fish-out-of-water story to begin with. He becomes friends with um, the Americans on the base, and there's a couple of Italians that kind of hang out with that group. And it's just basically, from that point, kind of a character study of a lot of people. And they all have very interesting and complex-like relationships, especially uh, between uh, Fraser and his mom, uh, Sarah. He was kind of like a military heart like hard ass and then uh not so much with their own son so there's some really interesting dynamics and uh, a lot of like coming of age type stuff as i think uh jack dylan grazer's fraser is kind of wrestling with his sexual identity which apparently is a major thing today in <laughs> youth culture i know like during my high school years if you uh i back i don't think i know anyone in my high school years that actually came out I mean, I, I know some people after the fact, I knew some people that kind of, uh, you know, they kind of suspected, but it's really changed this whole like fluidity generation. So it was kind of interesting uh, watching that from that standpoint. But uh, yeah, the main character, I think he's probably homosexual, but they don't even make it clear whether he's homosexual, bisexual, or some other category. So um, the series definitely delves into those types of issues. Um, his best friend, his name is Caitlin. Um, she also has similar issues, which kind of bond these two characters together. So it is a very interesting, like, coming-of-age uh, teenage story for 2021, even though it's not a 2021 story. Uh, another thing I really liked is that Kit Cudi, huge Kit Cudi fan, music-wise, and actually some of his acting, uh, he plays a Caitlin's father. Um, basically, you're uh, almost stereotypical, like, army, you know, tough guy. And uh, he's got a great role on that program as well. And basically explores, like, the relationships between all these characters on this military base. Like I said, uh, some of the local Italians that they've made friends with. And it does have a lot of things in common. I would be uh, remiss without stating it does have a lot of things in common with the HBO show Euphoria which is another exploration of kind of like teenage life uh, in the you know, modern era. But this one uh, has a definite style of its own, as it's actually directed by Luca Guadagnino, who you might know, um, he was had Oscar-nominated movie, uh, Call Me By Your Name. I actually know him more as like the um, director who did the great like Suspiria remake a couple of years ago, um, but he definitely has his own visual style and his own way of storytelling. So it's really unique in that way and a lot different in a lot of ways from Euphoria. Also a lot less uh, graphic sex uh, to be straightforward, which you know was absolutely fine with me because Euphoria, as good as it is, definitely kind of went overboard sometimes on that, but uh, that's a whole nother story. But anyway, um, from... The uh, ooh, almost messed that one up. We are who we are. Uh, this is a song um, called Self Control. 
that I had no idea wasn't originally done by Laura Brannigan in the 80s. In fact, when I first heard this uh, version on We Are Who We Are, I actually thought it was like a modern, updated cover version of it. Uh, but no, before Laura Brannigan did this song in the 80s, it's actually from an Italian artist named Raph. Uh, so here, this, vision, this version is actually better uh, than the one that you probably know from the radio if you grew up like the same age as me. Anyway, from the We Are Who We Are soundtrack, this is Raph, Self Control. Oh 
a new song from Hard Feelings called Dangerous, and you're listening to My Friend's Place on WGUTLP Gainesville. Here is just what you heard in the last half hour of new music, mostly um, leading things up after the break. Let's see. We had a classic one, actually. Classic uh, for most people, but not for me. From Italian artist Raph, Self Control, which I originally thought was the Laura Brannigan song, but apparently it's not, as I learned from watching the We Are Who We Are soundtrack, which I highly recommend you watch that show if you have access to HBO or HBO Max. After that, kind of kept that 80s uh, synth vibe going with Nation of Language, Wounds of Love. Then a new one from Peggy Gow, I Go. And then, as I just mentioned, you had uh, Hard Feelings with Dangerous. And now you are officially called up to all the great new music here on My Friend's Place. Before we do a little bit of Cramble and News, do want to let you know that WGOT has a fundraiser uh, on the WGOT Facebook page. Basically, what we're trying to do is fix our radio signal so that it reaches more people and as they drive out and about in Gainesville, um, which would uh, give us more fans, hopefully, and uh, make people happy. Uh, me being one of them, as I know from my house, I can barely pick the signal up now. Um, three or four years ago, I could pretty much sit in my parking uh, my parking lot, my driveway, and hear the signal and not so much anymore. So uh, that GoFundMe is going on at the WGOT Facebook page. So Check it out. Consider uh, donating if you can. And uh, let's do a little bit of Cramwell news. So let's start out with some sports, some positive stuff. Uh, first up toward France. It's been a pretty great race this year. I had kind of fallen out of love with it after all the doping and the Lance Armstrong uh I don't know what else to say. The Lance Armstrong disaster. There we go. That's about the best way I can describe his denials and everything that went on in cycling. So I kind of fell out of love with the race. Didn't watch it that uh, much for the past couple of years. Uh, but it kind of, I don't know, for some reason kind of caught my attention this year. Been very much enjoying it. Uh, Tadi Pagashe, a Slovenian rider who won last year, is absolutely dominating the field. But I guess one of the things that I really liked is that uh, Sepp Kuss, an American rider, actually broke the 10-year drought winning a stage a couple days ago and also it's been uh was at the front today again as he's on uh, a team of the second place rider whose name i cannot recall but uh, it's been nice to see an american up kind of in the front of the race um also in the news former gator great pete alonzo he uh wins the home run slugging derby or slugging derby, home run derby uh, for the second year in a row basically uh, with that win makes more from that uh competition than his entire salary as um, he slotted in a specific rate until he can renegotiate as a free agent. So that's really cool to see a Florida Gator win the home run competition two years in a row. Then kind of some sad uh, Gator news. Mentioned a little bit uh, a little bit ago, last week to be exact, about how there will be no fans in the stands at the Tokyo Olympics because of COVID. Well, unfortunately, uh, Florida had a player, a basketball player, um, that will no longer be avail- available to compete. Bradley Bill's going to be out of the Olympics for health and safety reasons. This is from APNews.com. It says Bradley Bill will miss the Olympics after being placed into health and safety protocols. And the U.S. basketball team said it will replace him on its roster at a later date. The Americans also mentioned uh, Thursday that forward Jeremy Gant also has been placed in health and safety protocols out of an abundance of caution. So really sad news. He would have been the first uh, University of Florida basketball player to possibly win a medal, depending on how, how the team does. So uh, that was kind of a bummer to see that. So uh, a little bit of sports news. 
Now let's talk about a little bit of international news or uh, American news, however you want to put it. Uh, CPAC. If you're not familiar with CPAC, you might think that it's like uh, what the doctor gives you. If you got an infection and um, you take a CPAC and you clear up that infection with strong antibiotics. But no, basically CPAC, what it is, uh, I think every year at this point, maybe more than once a year, uh, the conservatives get together and have a big conference going on to talk about um, uh, conservative type things and what they're going to do in the future. So kind of made news for a lot of different reasons. Uh, but one of the things that it made news for is that um, there was very loud cheering after there was an announcement made about like the basically the immunization numbers going down in America. And I uh, thought that was a really interesting thing to be cheering about um, being like that strongly anti-vaccine. Now, look, you can have your own opinions about you know, the, the vaccines and COVID and all those things. And, and that's fine. I know people that have decided they're not going to get um, vaccinated. And, well, I, that is on them, I suppose. But uh, to be so, like, glib and cheerful about it, I think, is interesting. And then a couple of days later, after they were cheering the news about, like, the vaccinations not reading, uh, meeting the numbers that they wanted, then you have uh, our governor, Ron DeSantis, selling, like, basically anti-vax things as a fundraiser, uh, basically saying, you know, Anthony Fauci, Fauci Alchier, or whatever it is, the garbage that they're selling. And I just, you know, that's a really interesting flex. As I said, it's one thing to kind of disagree with that, but like to be so out in front and put that out that you are, you know, anti-Fauci, anti-science and, you know, and I'm not going to sit here and say anti, or excuse me, I'm not going to say Fauci hasn't made some mistakes in the past. He certainly has. There's some you know, questionable decisions, but to be like making it a t-shirt slogan for someone that I, obviously Ron DeSantis has eyes not on just like winning the governorship in Florida, but also as being president. I thought that was an interesting flex. So um, there are some other things that happened at the CPAC conference that also got big cheers besides the um, the numbers about the not reaching the uh, basically the vaccination numbers that Joe Biden had wanted. So I'm going to go over a couple of those uh, with you if you might be interested. Uh, WGOT had a special um, reporter that was at the actual CPAC convention and was able to give us some up-to-date kind of uh, not as well-known or well-circulated news. Uh, so first up, uh, there was a really big cheer um, when they announced that CNN it's dropped 68 percent in uh, prime time as Fox News Channel continues to crush the ratings. In fact, uh, CNN is now third behind MSNBC. So when that 68 percent drop got a mention, that received a huge um, applause at CPAC, just like the uh, vaccination numbers not reaching the goal. So I thought that was interesting. Another thing that happened at the uh, CPAC conference that actually got another really big cheer is uh, Francis Johnson, who's actually the host, or excuse me, the host, he's the head of the International Hotel and uh, Restaurant Association. He made a big announcement at CPAC that beginning in uh, 2021, uh, most major hotel chains will have two instead of just one Bible 
in each hotel room. And I thought that's, you know, really interesting. And if you think about it, it kind of makes sense because, you know, you want to read the Bible, uh, your wife wants to read the Bible. Who wants to have like a two-way Bible thing going? So uh, it looks like beginning in, uh, I think that takes place in 2022, uh, you won't have to worry about sharing a Bible with your wife or maybe your children. There'll be two Bibles in every single hotel room or major hotel uh, in the United States. So I thought that was like an interesting thing, and obviously that got a big cheer. Um, Also, HBO, which it's kind of weird to see them at the CPAC um, conference because, you know, that's where Bill Maher is, and they're obviously very left-leaning. But uh, they made a huge announcement at the uh, CPAC conference that uh, beginning with the season two of the Michael Che show, that Dan Michael Che, um, he's no longer going to be hosting the show. And that was kind of shocking to hear that. And it turns out that they're going to replace Michael Che with Jeff Foxworthy, and that got a huge I mean, huge applause at the CPAC's conference. And I, I don't really know how that's going to work. I'm not sure if Jeff Boxworthy is going to kind of be able to, you know, hold on to the mantle that Michael Chape has with this kind of, you know, um, liberal-leaning type comedy. But it's a really interesting decision by HBO. So I thought that was uh, uh, pretty wild. Then also, Greg Abbott, who you may or may not know, is the... Um, very popular in the Republican side, governor of Texas, he made an interesting announcement that um, they are moving ahead with a bill in the Texas State Senate um, that will reintroduce a debtor prison, which was kind of like a wow moment for me. Um, So in the future, um, if you default like on a loan or your credit cards uh, and Texas beginning as possibly as early as 2022, um, you can go to prison. And I know debtor prison hasn't been a thing in quite some time, but uh, it's really interesting that Texas wants to bring back debtor prison, and that got an enormous cheer at the CPAC conference. So there were a couple other things um, that happened. Um, speaking of Ron DeSantis, uh, he announced, or someone, I don't think he was actually there, uh, one of his associates announced that uh, Ron DeSantis has actually introduced a bill, um, the Florida House, that uh, beginning, again, as early as 2022, will require Facebook users, if you have a racist aunt or a racist uncle, and they post something like um, how immigrants are coming to rape all the people, sell drugs, and steal our jobs, and that we need to build a wall. Well, beginning in 2022, if this bill has not passed, by the way, but if it does and it becomes law here in Florida, you will now be required Uh, If you're a Facebook user to repost um, and put that thing on your your Facebook feed, your page, um, your racist aunt and uncle's uh, tweets or excuse me, uh, let's call it on Facebook, their post. So I thought that was really controversial. Um, So my my racist aunt, uh, Emily, if she says, you know, something like, oh, uh, you know, all immigrants are gang members from uh, South America, now I could be legally required to repost her her uh, opinions, which I thought was a really interesting development for, you know, Facebook and law here in Florida. So not sure whether that one's going to pass or not, but that got an enormous ovation at CPAC. Then finally, uh, Marvel, which, you know, they do they lean left? Do they lean right? They've gotten a lot of, you know, gump about, like, 
kind of recasting roles in women's favor. And, of course, Black Widow got a little bit of that um, blowback from some people. Um, but Marvel they had a huge announcement. Uh, they're actually going to recast the entire uh, Black Widow movie that I reviewed earlier in the show. It's going to be called White Widow. And instead of a man, or excuse instead of a woman, uh, you're now going to have a man as the lead role in White Widow. And I don't want to give any spoilers away, but there's also a major villain in White Widow that will be recast from a woman back into a man. So I thought that was a really interesting way for uh, Marvel to go. They're going to call it White Widow, of course, and they got a huge applause from the CPAC people. But interestingly enough, it also got like a lot of applause from stoners online. So uh, we'll be looking for White Widow happening sometime in 2023, and that'll be super interesting to uh, check out. Uh, so as part of CPAC, uh, this is kind of an obvious song. It's Jeffrey Lewis. Now that we beat the stupid virus, we can go back to our stupid lives. It's no more blandly standing still Cause of our triumph of the will We'll soon be back to blandly going places I believe they say it best to say It's our brains to the rescue And the human race is back to the races We're the species of the year We made it all the way back here We won the game, it's all champagne and high fives Now we beat that stupid virus We can get back to our stupid lives they say when fate decides the day when we are tested in some way Then we each find out how we'd face the uncertain Even the most chill Dalai Lamas go postal at certain dramas When the sisters stitch the final curtain When the end's not guaranteed and the eyes of Satan bleed God's chosen few become the seed that survives But now we beat that stupid virus We can get back to our stupid lives there's the betters and the worses in the endless multiverses In the infinite of unknown space-time On some Earths it never happened On some others they'll be trapped inside A thousand years of lockdown face-time As we did destiny's bidding We got lucky or we didn't Somewhere else a cosmic wave arrives But here we beat that stupid virus And we'll get back to our stupid lives it's a victory celebration in each city and each nation We've transcended nature's dialectic We came through cause we're the smartest Human beings rock the hardest We're both modest and entirely epic In the chambers of the nameless lay the claims of Nostradamus That proclaimed thus in the dark archives Ye shalt beat that stupid virus Thou shalt get back to thy stupid lives so wraps up the fiery rapture, and so ends the mighty chapter As this volume of the book seals shut And it rejoins the commentary in the infinite library Of the turning wheels of when and what Carved into the poet's pages, played out on the cosmic stages Logged in lines of time's divine hard drives Now we beat that stupid virus We can get back to our pointless, grubbing, petty, dead and stupid lives
If you want to see your child again Please watch my PowerPoint till the end
No voices of anger, no threshing fists, no ultimatums, no last chances missed, no savior to arrive, just in the nick of time.
That's your returning champion this week on My Friend's Place, Twin Shadow with Sugar Cane, and here is what you just heard uh, in that last 20 minutes of music. Leading things off, you had Jeffrey Lewis. Now we've beaten that stupid virus. We can get back to our stupid lives, which seems to be a sentiment of many, uh, wisely in some cases, unwisely in others. Uh, then you had a new one from Zeno and Oaklander, Infinite Sadness. After that, uh, Moa Moa with Colton Candy. Then uh, the next song, if you thought it sounded like Postal Service, well, there's a good reason, because it's... Uh, had Ben Gibbard on the vocals teaming up with Tycho. That one's called Only Love. So thank you so much for tuning in this week. I'll be back same time, same channel next week. As always, you can find me online at Cramela Mix Show. Also, uh, give the WGOT Facebook page a like and consider donating to our latest fundraiser. And finally, happy birthday to uh, Fred Souter, who turned 51 this week. I'm out of here. I will be back next week, same time, same channel. (laughs) 